eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. So... I haven't had a chance to talk about this all week, and I've wanted to talk about it. I got into a little bit of it with Jason Leisure on the show this afternoon, and it's about the way the NFL draft was produced. Overall, I thought ESPN did a wonderful job in a tough spot, considering that you had so many people in different places, and you were doing most of this stuff via Zoom or camera, You've got a host that's in the studio by himself and then a bunch of other people that are all around the world. You've got to deal with Roger Goodell. I thought that they did from a logistical standpoint. I can't imagine doing any better than what they did. There were no major technical snafus. A guy's Zoom went out here or there, but for the most part, it was on point. One of the issues I did have with the draft was the way that the players were presented to the audience and my issues with it are moral, journalistic, and technical. Let me try to work through all three of those things. The issue is, is it seemed like ESPN went out of their way to try and humanize the player by bringing up the worst moments of that player's life. There seemed to be a ton of tragedy porn that was connected to players as a way to tell their story. My moral issue with it is if if the player has said in the past that that has been a motivating factor, whatever the tragedy is, then I think that it's probably fair game. But considering the amount of people who saw the draft, there are a lot of people that are probably getting to know some of these young men for the first time. To put out on the screen, which is what they did, these three bullet points about a player. And almost inevitably, that bottom bullet point was something tragic that happened to the player or to the player's family. It seemed like over the line to me, morally. Journalistically, I had a problem with it too. 
partially because of what I was just saying. If it is germane to the player's story as a player, then yes, if you have a player that says, I saw my father become diabetic. I'm making, I'm using this as an example, become diabetic. And that was one of the things that pushed me towards living a healthier lifestyle. And that healthier lifestyle helped me was me playing sports and it grew and grew into a love of sports and healthy lifestyle. And now I find myself playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whatever, then okay. But that that's not the way that it seemed. And there was this, there you had to go as a viewer from this moment of, oh, wow, that's cool that this guy got drafted to this place to here's the sad piano music. Here's that sad piano music. And now we're about to hear something horrible. You have the best moment of this player's life happening. And then almost simultaneously, here's a reminder of the worst moment of that player's life. I didn't think that journalistically it was worthy of ESPN to do it that way. It it bugged after a while, like you started to see the pattern and you were like this, we're doing this again. The juxtaposition of the young men being with their families. And I think that was one of the best parts about the draft. Their families, their loved ones, their coaches, whomever was over there, their agents in some cases. That was the best part. And it's it's something that I hope that the NFL actually says, we don't necessarily need you to come to Cleveland or come to Las Vegas. The, the cameras at the players' homes and seeing the genuine reaction from friends and family was refreshingly honest journalistically. And in some cases it was hysterical. You had the mom that pulled the girlfriend off of the son's lap so that the son could get all of the, the, the limelight, which is a pretty good metaphor for what should have happened with ESPN. That here's this kid that's, that's living out a dream and has this dream moment and it's it's not completely dashed, but it's definitely they definitely poured some rain on these young men by reminding the audience about the tragedies that have happened in their life. And I don't think that they did a particularly good job of talking about the tragedies from the standpoint of this is what this young man overcame. I also think that it would have been nice if there would have been more information given about other parts of the the player's life that were more connected to them being a student athlete. There's one kid from Alabama that has two degrees. Like those are things that that I think are valuable talking about. I'm not saying that you can't you can't talk about a player's personal life that you shouldn't be. We are in the storytelling business. Like that is key. But there was a, it felt like American Idol where they were 
trying desperately to pull at our heartstrings. And I, I thought that the the moments themselves already lended themselves to us being emotionally invested from what it meant for your particular team to draft a particular player or having invested by watching a player or players or teams or coaches in college football and then seeing those players at get to the next level. The sheer emotion of someone getting drafted and hugging their mom or their dad or their uncle who helped them or their friends that stood by them, whomever was in the house. Like to me, that was enough. And it felt like ESPN felt a, a, a need to dig deeper, to manipulate us emotionally when the manipulation is built in. We're all sitting there wondering what's going to happen with our team, and we're all in the mood for something good to happen to any and all of these young men. That's great that that kid got drafted. Look at what he accomplished. Look at how happy his family is. Those things were enough. So from a journalistic point of view, I don't think it added to the storytelling. And, and this is where I'll get into the technical aspect of it. From a technical point of view, I thought that it made the broadcast lesser. The reason why is, especially once we got to day two and three. Day one, there was time because of how much time is in between picks that you're able to give real analysis about the player. You can say, all right, let's talk with Lewis Riddick. Let's talk with Daniel Jeremiah about what they think of this player and how this player translates to the system that they're going to go to. By doing all this stuff where you have to change the the tone from happy to sad to let's move on, I also think that they made it difficult for Trey Wingo, the host of the show. I don't know how much input he had on that, but I think that that's a really difficult thing to do, to go from the highest high of this player, let's do a little bit of analysis, and now here's a sad piano. And here's a story about this kid's mother passing away last week, or whatever it was. It didn't give their analysts enough time to really break down the the draftees as well as they could. I felt like there's been there was time for more actual analysis. And considering how many people they had on their panel, they needed more time. But instead of that, we're now looking at photos from seven years ago when this kid's mom passed away. Or their favorite teacher died. All of that stuff. And it just seemed gratuitous. And I thought I was alone. I thought that maybe I was just kind of in my feelings. And look, I deal with students a lot. I have a, I have 23 of them this quarter. And how they get there, their origin story is important to me. How they get to where they want to go. I can't imagine that in talking about their successes as students, that I would I would spend time harping about the tragedies in their life unless those tragedies are completely significant to 
them succeeding. It just, it really was out of hand. And I, I hope that ESPN looks back at this draft and they should applaud themselves for the technical successes that they had. Getting that draft done, getting it televised, getting it done without any major mistakes, being able to incorporate the commissioner of the league in this, they should applaud themselves for that. But they should take a really close look at the way that they presented these players. Because I, if they were being honest, I think they would tell you that they weren't completely fair to those players and the moment. And that's what... It's those are the two things, the dichotomy of the success and the failure of their broadcast are the things that I'll walk away thinking about with ESPN's draft coverage. Their their televised draft coverage. That that's what it, it it was about to me. And it's too bad because it should have been one of those things that was universally applauded. And yes, they got the the ratings. The numbers were through the roof, and they should be proud of that. I don't know if they'll be able to sell it because none of us seem to be able to sell anything at this point because businesses aren't open a lot. But time after time after time, they chose a very easy way out with an easy alternative staring them right in the face. The easy way out is to tell the story, the tragedy, and tug at the heartstrings. The easy alternative is, how good is this person as a player? How do they fit in the system that they're going to? Why were they taken where they were taken? Trust me, there was enough football thirst from a nation that has been craving sports that all of that analysis would have been necessary. And what ends up happening, especially... On day three, I noticed it a lot on day three. They ran out of time. The picks were coming in so fast that they couldn't get away from the sad piano fast enough to get to the actual analysis on the player. I'm sitting there watching the Bears be on the clock in the fifth round in that little box in the left corner for minutes. The pick is in. For minutes. But they want to tell this tragic story about a player that was drafted 10 picks ago. I think that overall they hit a a double with the broadcast. Maybe they, they hit a triple with the broadcast. It could have been a grand slam. And I hope that they really dissect what they did and they take out some of those parts that just were... Honestly, a tad bit beneath them as an organization. You may have had the same experience watching the draft. I know some people who texted me during the show when I was talking about it did. USA Today wrote a great piece about it. Andy Nesbitt wrote a great piece about it. But it was jarring to me. Thanks for listening.